Hey guys, happy Easter. It's kind of dark in here. Not the way it usually is at church on Easter. Did you know that services used to be like though? Easter service used to start at like midnight in the dark, dark of the night before Easter and then you'd sit vigil and then the sun rises and boom, celebration mode. Why though, why is everything always scarier in the dark, in the middle of the night? Like, you know those noises that you hear in the night? A noise that you would not think twice about if you heard it at noon. It can freeze you in your tracks if you hear it at 2 a.m. Or a shape, a shape that used to be your bathrobe hanging on the door becomes a monster about to jump out at you when the lights are off. A window that has only ever looked out on your boring old side yard becomes the potential frame for a vision of horror when you are on your way to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And usually, Usually when we think of darkness, we think danger, uncertainty, fear, hopelessness, dead ends, at least a much greater risk of stubbing your toe. But not all darkness is bad, right? Like, does anyone else ever sneak into their kid's room at night? Maybe on a day when you both totally drove each other crazy and you just kind of stand there in the dark and you look at them sleeping so peacefully on their pillow. Don't tell my kids I do that. Or do you ever step outside on a dark night and see the stars and you feel so small but you know like in a really good way or what about when the Christmas tree is first up and decorated and you turn off all the lights and gather around it in the darkness what about the darkness underground as seeds begin to grow what about the holy darkness of a mother's womb what about the darkness of death what kind of darkness is that bad good scary peaceful I'm not sure, but here's one thing I do know. Darkness is the best time for telling stories. Bedtime stories, campfire stories, remember that one time stories. They're all infinitely better in the dark. So my friends, it's story time. Here comes four of them, let's go. Once upon a time there was a tree, a tall and mighty redwood, way taller and mightier than the one you see behind me, majestic, hundreds of years old and the time had come for the tree to die. Is this really all there is, asked the tree. You just grow and grow and grow until you die. There must be more to life than this. One day the great tree did finally fall and it became a log. So as it lay there stretched out across the forest floor, it decided to invite all the seeds from the neighboring trees to come and nestle into the moss along its bark. Time passed. The seedlings began to grow and the old log continued to break down using the nutrients it had gathered through the years to feed and protect these new baby trees. The young trees gained strength, they grew taller and taller and taller until finally those trees could stand on their own and they no longer needed the big nurse log. The new trees continued on their journey on their own and the old tree was happy. Once upon a time, there was a grandma whose granddaughter was sick with the flu. So the grandma took some things, took a chicken that had been butchered, took pasta made from wheat that had been harvested, took celery and carrots and onions, chopped it all up, put it in the pot to boil, added some salt and pepper, and out of all those dead plants and animals, that grandma made the world's best chicken noodle soup. She gave it to her granddaughter, who ate every last drop and was turning handsprings again before you knew it. Once upon a time, there was an incredible young woman named Kelly Donovan. 
She was an athlete, a fierce competitor. She played ultimate Frisbee at the highest club level. And whenever she played, she wore bright gold spandex and screamed herself hoarse from the sidelines. One day when Kelly was 30, she died unexpectedly from an unknown illness. She had been on the field coaching when it happened. And per her wishes, her family donated her organs and tissues. Her organs saved four lives. Her tissues helped 70 people across the country. And that family lost their daughter. Uh, but one year later, Kelly's parents and sister met Dory Rosenberg. Dory was also 30. She was born with cystic fibrosis and had been living on an oxygen machine until she received Kelly's donated lungs. Her successful surgery took place on December 16th, and by the fall, she was well enough to be the main speaker at her synagogue on Yom Kippur, which is the day of forgiveness and reconciliation. Once upon a time, God created the world, created us, and gave us a garden. In the garden was a tree with the knowledge of good and evil. We all know how that story ended, and thus began a much longer story, one in which God would bless the people with a gift, and they would reject the gift by misusing it or misplacing it or just missing it altogether. Over and over again, the people chose death. And over and over and over again, God used that death to love them back to life. Until finally, God made a new heavens and a new earth, a new garden with the river of life flowing through it, from which grows a tree for the healing of the nations. Last story, I promise. One more. Once upon a time, God loved us so much, God could not stay away. God took on human skin and moved into our neighborhood to be with us in the person of Jesus Christ, to walk with us and talk with us and touch us and feed us. And this man, Jesus, oh, he loved to tell stories. He told stories about a grain of wheat that fell to the ground and died. If it hadn't, he said, it would have remained one single grain, but by dying, it bore much fruit. He told stories about mustard seeds, the smallest of all seeds that grows into the greatest of shrubs, so great it can move mountains and make home for the birds and its branches. He told stories about how to handle weeds, about withered fig trees, about good and bad kinds of soil for growing things. He must have been a gardener. Jesus told stories about a topsy-turvy world where the last will be first, the first will be last. The more you give away, the more you have, where those who try to save their life will lose it, but those who give their life away will find more life than they ever had imagined was possible. His stories, they started a movement. Crowds began to gather. Some people loved it. They left everything they had to follow him. Other people were threatened by it. They plotted to bring about his downfall. And so, just when it seemed like tensions were about to reach a breaking point, Jesus went to a garden. In the garden, he was betrayed by a friend and handed over to the enemy. They hurt him made fun of him and killed him on a cross. And after he died, they placed him in a garden. They tried to bury him. They thought that would do the trick. They thought death would be the end of it. They must not have been gardeners. They didn't know that through their actions, Jesus would save not just the nation of Israel, but the entire world, freedom for everyone, forgiveness for everyone, life for everyone not in spite of his death or after his death or even though his death, but because of his death, through his death, he brings life to the world. This is the story of Jesus. And it's a story that isn't finished yet. It's still being written. 
And every day we have the chance to help write it. In everything we say and do, how we spend our time and our money, how we treat our friends, our family, our neighbors, our enemies, every moment of every day, we get to make a choice to love as we have been loved, forgive as we have been forgiven, to give as we have received, and to be the ever-faithful gardeners of the Spirit, who know that without darkness, nothing comes to birth, as without light, nothing flowers. It's all flowering now, friends. Happy Easter. Let all the vault of heaven resounds. Let's sing. <laughs>